you ready to celebrate and worship with us? It's already been a morning full of joy, full of his goodness, full of his presence. We're ready to raise our hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My Oh, uh-huh. 
Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah is right. Oh, we're going to praise this morning. Get your praise on. Come on. He led me out of the desert. Brought me into his streams, river of living water. Turned my bitter into sweet. And all my burdens are lifted. The shackles off my feet But there's no sound Louder than A captive set free Come on So let us the deed of the Lord Say so Sing of his promises Jump on board. Yes. We want to hear you guys sing. 
besides in our praise. So let's give it to him. Come on, sing it for you. You are my deliverer. Come on, church. You are my Amen. Yes, now. Uh-huh. He is, isn't he? So good. Come on, let's join them. Well, now you, you are my deliverer. to you we're so thankful God for what you're doing we're thankful for who you are you're a God of promises you're a God of breakthrough so God we come before you with thankfulness even when we don't feel like it we're thankful even before our breakthrough because we know that you are a God who keeps his promises and you are good and you are faithful, and you don't forget us. You're right beside us, leading us out of the dark and into revival. And that's our prayer today. As we sing this song, we just declare revival in our own lives, in our own hearts, in our own spirits, the places that are asleep, the places that are dead. Would you bring them back to life? Pray for new life where there has never been any. Pray this over us. Pray this over our church. We pray this over our nation. We pray this over our families, over our government. God, that you would stir up revival. Renew our hope. That stood out to me a lot this week. God, I feel like you're saying you're bringing new hope. You're giving us a new hope. Not an old one that needs to be revived, but a new one that we've never seen. A new hope rising up. Rising up personally, rising up in this church, rising up in this city, rising up in this nation. God, we declare it done on earth as it is in heaven. We praise you, God. We thank you even before we see breakthrough. We thank you. can do, oh God of wonders, 
You can be seated. Pray with me. Father, that is our heart cry. We pray for revival. That you would pour it out over this city, over our community, over our region, our county, our region, our surrounding communities, Lord, through our schools, through our city government, Lord, through our first responders, through every element of government, through every element of, of those who are making a difference, those who are serving our community, Lord, pour out revival, spiritual awakening, God. Father, you are firing shot over the bow after shot over the bow. God, may we awaken and see of what you're trying to say to us. And Lord, may we waken. I pray that. And I declare that even over our own church right here, right now, over the bridge, that we are awakening, Lord. We're awakening. We're waking up. We're beginning to see, Lord. And Father, we want to see more. Open our eyes that we may see. Our ears that we may hear in our hearts, that we may know the truth that makes us free because free people, free people. So, Lord God, we love you, we honor you, we bless you. Thank you for your presence here today. Lord, not only living in each person here who names the name of Christ, but living through each person who names the name of Christ. We honor you, we bless you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. Can we give King Jesus a round of applause, please? He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise and worthy of our applause and worthy, worthy of our worship. Amen? Amen. Great to have you today. Welcome to the bridge uh, and welcome to crazy town in America right now, right? It's just a wild time to be alive. And while on one hand, it's very frightening on one sense, on the other hand, from a prophetic standpoint, a biblical prophetic standpoint, these are exciting times to be alive. I'm just saying. So even though it looks crazy and wild and upside down, it's actually a grand setup for a grand entrance. Jesus said he's coming back. Make no mistake, he's coming back. Amen. And according to the scripture, it's going to get wackier before it gets better in that sense prophetically. So, but we do not have to be afraid, we who know Jesus. Amen. Well, again, welcome to the bridge. My name's Jimmy, and I'm the lead pastor here, and I just want to say thank you for being here. If you're a first-time guest, thank you for being here. And those of you watching online, if you're a first-time watcher, thanks for joining us today, and we want to bless you and encourage you. In fact, if you are watching online, you have any prayer requests, you'll see that on the screen there, info at bridgefbg.com. You can write in any prayer requests. Thank you for those who have been sending in prayer needs and prayer requests. We'll get those out to our team. We want to pray for you and stand with you. And we want you to participate. You're no less a part of what's happening here because you're online. So thank you for being with us. And we pray that you'll be encouraged and that Jesus will woo you to himself. That's his heart for you, is for you to come near and come close. So thanks again. And for those of you that are here, uh, same thing as far as prayer goes. Instead of writing on the screen, you can actually go right out there to the Connect Center after the service, fill out a prayer card, and uh, we'll be glad to pray with you. You can drop it in any of the black boxes around the facility. We will pray with you, stand with you, and hold you up in any way we can. So for our first-time guests, what we like to do is welcome you with a hand clap. So could we welcome our first-time guests? 
Again, thank you for being here. And if you would, on your way out, if you'll stop by the Connect Center and fill out a simple Connect card, it's right there. Uh, you'll see it right there as you go out it's on the left. And fill out one of those cards and deposit it in the, in the box. And our ladies there will help you out. We'll bless you with a super cool gift bag. It's got all kinds of stuff in it. We just want to give this to you as a gift and just say thanks for being here at the bridge today. And so, again, we hope that you will be blessed, you will be encouraged. And you'll be lifted. That's our heart for you, is that you'll walk out of this place taller than when you came in. Amen? So thank you for being here. One of the things we want to do also is always remember our VIPs. And if you don't have a VIP card, I want to encourage you to pick one up. We have them on the corner of the stage, also along with our bookmarks, which we'll be using later in the service. And then also at the Connect Center, you can stop by and pick those up. And VIP stands for very important people. What we're doing as a church, we're committing to praying for those who don't know Jesus, who are in our relational orbit. We all know people who don't know Christ and need to come to a knowledge of the truth, a saving knowledge of Jesus. And so on one side, it says praying for salvation. And there's seven blanks there. I bet we probably know a few. We might can fill all of those out. But do write down those that you want to pray for as a reminder. Keep this handy so you can pray for them during the week. On the other side, it's praying for a reconnect. It's simply praying for people who maybe are just, they're just disconnected. They're, they've, maybe they've fallen, they've slipped, they've, whatever life has happened. And we want to call them back to Jesus. We want to call them back to a relationship with Christ. And so we want to pray for them as well. So if you have your VIP card today, I encourage you to take it out right now. Let's just lift this up to the Lord. We're also going to pray for the churches in our community, in our area that are gathering today, our friends, our partners in the kingdom, we want to lift them up as well. So if you have your VIP card, let's pray. I put America on mine, by the way, and uh, I think that's a pretty important thing to pray for right now. Amen? Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up these very important people. And they're important to us, but we know they're more important to you, Lord. You value them. And Lord, all people matter to you. And so, Lord, we hold them up, Father. We call those who don't know Christ back into a relationship with you, Lord. They would step over the line, and as Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And that's our heart for them, to come to know you in a personal way where Jesus becomes not only Savior, but becomes the Lord of their life. And, Father, on the other side, we pray for these who have just, they've, they've lost their connection. For whatever reason, life has happened and they're just in a place, a difficult place, and they need a vital, alive, exciting, uh, renewed relationship with you. We call the prodigals home right now in the name of Jesus. Those that are on our card, we hold them up, and we ask you, Lord, bring the prodigals home, Lord. And I know like the father in the story of the prodigal, that God, you will meet them as they make their way towards you. Your word even says, draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. So, Lord, we call them home. And, Father, for our churches that are meeting in our community and the surrounding area, we speak life over them, blessing over them, increase over them, courage over them. All our churches need more courage right now. Pastors need more courage to be strong, bold, and, and unashamed and unfearful in these times, Lord. So I pray that the gospel, the good news of Jesus, will go out of every pulpit throughout our community and the surrounding area today. We bless them, our friends, our brothers, our sisters in Christ. And everyone said amen and amen. 
our safety team who we love and appreciate. You may not know this, but we've got folks around here that are watching out for us, and we appreciate them and love them. And they always appreciate when I, when I point out these exits over here. So just so you'll get your eyes on those, we have two exits over here, one in the back through that curtain, and then anywhere out through that door there, there's exits out there as well. So they, can we give our, well, our safety team a hand and bless them? Say thanks. They make it where we don't have to worry about everything. We can worship Jesus in clarity and freedom. And then just by way of announcements, I want to lift this up to you. Operation Christmas Child. Last week, we put out 100 boxes from Operation Christmas Child. Those are going to be sent all over the world. And the first service took 70 of those home. So you guys were stuck with only 30. So a lot of people were going, I don't have a box. Well, listen, you can use a shoe box. And some of you did pick up a list. Now... What we're going to do right now is you can actually go directly to the website, and it's at uh, Samaritan, SamaritansPurse.org. That's uh, Franklin Graham's uh, organization. But you can also just Google Operation Christmas Child. It'll take you right to the website, and you can literally do it through the website. So since our deadline's passed for what we're doing here, you can go ahead and still do that right through them. So we just want to lift that up to you and, and ask you to do that. So as we shift gears here today... I want to encourage you, if you did not pick up one of these, these are our comedian elements. Uh, if you will slip your hand up, we've got Amy and Jason back there. They've got a whole bunch of those. Slip your hand up and keep it up. Now listen, if you're new to the bridge, just to give you a little heads up, we practice open communion here. We don't feel like Jesus will hold anybody back from his table, so we're not going to do that either. So if you're here and for the first time, feel free to join us in celebrating communion with Christ. And so if you would... Uh, just keep your hand up. They'll get these elements to you. Those of you that already have them, if you'll look up here. I'm actually getting pretty good at this. I don't know about you, but we didn't always do it this way. But if you'll peel the top layer first, that clear layer, that'll expose your little wafer there. And then peel the gold layer after that. If you're new here, you'll thank me later for this. So uh, you can do that, and then it'll be real ready to go. So I'll give you a moment to get that. Also, just as a, just a treat for me and, and Annette today, we have Bill and Paige Loveless here, two of our dearest friends. Can we bless those guys and welcome them to our church family? We love you guys. We love Uncle Bill. We appreciate you, my friend. Love you guys. So Annette and I have really, um, we were introduced to the series The Chosen a while back, and it's a series, eight episodes about Jesus. It's going to actually go seven years or seven seasons. And we had the privilege of getting to be on set a few weeks ago and getting to enter in and get behind the scenes and really see the heart of what they're doing. And in sitting and visiting with Dallas Jenkins, who's the writer and producer, he, to hear his heart and to hear their desire to ignite the imagination of us Western thinkers. We are kind of weak on the imaginative side. That's why we watch movies that blow our imagination because we're not real good at it on our own. And so, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but sometimes when you read a book, it's actually more exciting than the movie itself. It's because God has given you an amazing thing up here. And when we're under Christ, our imagination is sanctified. It's set apart, and it's a beautiful thing. And what I love about what they're doing with this is they're trying to get us to begin to think what is plausible in terms of how they lived their lives. The disciples were not one-dimensional. They weren't just little flannel, flannel graph, you know. Remember the flannel boards, flannel graph? 
They weren't just one-dimensional characters. They had lives. They have backstories. And here's the thing. Jesus had a life, too. He was the Son of Man, and Jesus had a backstory. And so what Dallas and them are trying to do is reignite our sanctified imagination so we can begin to experience a much fuller and much richer experience with the Word of God as we read and study, let our imaginations go with it. And so I want to ask you to engage your sanctified imagination just for a minute and picture Jesus in first century style reclining around a table with his disciples. When it was with his disciples, it wasn't just the 12 guys. There were others involved in the scenario. We tend to think it was just the 12. But it was actually, there was a group there. His disciples, he had many, many disciples. But he had that inner circle. So probably the ladies were there too. Probably Mary was there, others. And as they were together around that table, in first century style, reclining at the table, he didn't sit in chairs. Jesus was with them, and he was witnessing and experiencing what the Bible calls koinonia. That means fellowship, and it's a rich, deep fellowship. And as they experienced koinonia together, Jesus, in a sense, took a snapshot of it because he said this. He said, when you come together like this, he was very intentional. It's like taking a picture. When you come together like this, when you're fellowshipping, when you're having koinonia. That's what happens in here before and after the service. For those of us that have been around here, it's like a family reunion every weekend, right? We come together and people are catching up and talking and, and, and there's fellowship going on. Some are praying and ministering. It's just beautiful to watch the body love on the body. The church be the church. And for those of you coming in, I hope you can catch some of that atmosphere as well and know that there's life in this place. Jesus caught that life. He said, when you come together like this, remember me. And so that's what we do every weekend. We pause. And, and how many of you know there's some drama that we need to press pause on right now in the world? Let's just press pause on that just for a minute. And let's remember Jesus. In fact, I want to invite you to do something. To clear your mind right now. And think about Jesus. In fact, close your eyes just for a minute. We'll pray over these elements just as he did. Can you just imagine Jesus reclining at that table with his disciples, smiling, laughing, engaging in conversation, knowing what was about to happen. He knew they didn't, but he knew what was about to come, and he had the heaviness of it probably already beginning to weigh on him, and yet he loved them and he was with them. And he said, when you're together like this, remember. So we're remembering, Lord Jesus, we're remembering. And, and even in like fashion, when you held up those elements, you blessed them. So we bless these elements, Lord. We bless the bread and the juice. And you said that it's your body that you gave. You gave your life for us. And it's the blood that covers for, for the remission of many sins. Covers many sins. And so, Lord, we thankful today and we remember in Jesus name amen you can take the elements if you'd hang on to that they're going to come around with trash receptacles and you can put them in there they'll get them to you in just a moment we're going to take a moment and dismiss our children to go to their bridge kids class so if you're a child and you're going to class would you stand to your feet right now 
Just the children, stand to your feet, and we want to pray over our kids as they get ready to go to class. Let's pray for them right now. Father, we lift up our children. They are a chosen generation. Oh, chosen generation. Father, we, we speak life over them. We speak, we speak protection over their destiny, Lord. Cover, protect, guard their destinies, Lord. And give us grace to participate and facilitate the guarding of those destinies and the calling out of those anointings and callings and grace gifts that are on their lives. Protect them, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. Let's, we're going to release our children to go to their class. Can we bless them? And as they head to their class, we also want to just be mindful that we are a church that operates in generosity. And, and you are, we're such a blessed church and a blessed people. And I always never want to miss saying thank you for supporting and for giving, being so faithful. It means so much. And always keep this in mind. We don't give to the church. We give through the church. And I want to show you some things up here. In fact, you'll notice we've got three ways to give, and we do that every week. But also, let's go to the next screen. I want to show you that these are the ministries that we are blessed to support. There you go. And uh, we have two screens of these, and these are people that we have the privilege of supporting, blessing, giving into. And when you give through the church, you're giving to bless, support, and encourage these ministries all over the world, locally and translocally, globally, all over the place. So uh, it may be that one of those stands out in your heart and in your mind even as you see them. And, would we, and when we pray over our offering, would you just take one of those and pray over them, pray blessings over them. If you're new here to the bridge, we don't pass the plate here. You'll notice there's uh, receptacles on by each door, the black boxes, and one over there as well, and then also up and down the hall. And so we're going to worship together and sing together and celebrate Jesus again. And as we do that, you'll be dismissed to go give your offering there in the box. For those of you who give online, thank you for doing that. And we always ask you, would you bless that offering? Just speak a blessing over it. Ask God to take it and use it. Use it for the transformation of lives and souls coming into the kingdom. We just we want to be of those who are life leakers, life speakers, life givers in everything we do, including our giving. So would you stand to your feet and let's prepare our offering. Let's prepare to worship. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, it is our privilege to give. It is our privilege to be sowers. And so, Lord, as we give and as we sow, we expect lives to be touched, to be changed, to be transformed, to be impacted. And we speak life over these offerings. Bless them. Bless these who are giving and are so generous. And we love you and we appreciate you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Let's worship together as we give.
Amen. Somebody say amen this morning. Hallelujah. Let's be seated, if you would, please, as we uh, prepare for our sermon. We're going to turn these lights on. You'll see a quick flash, and then it'll all be over. We sang about it. It's on the screen. Are you getting the message that we think we should be claiming who we are in Christ? Could I get a better amen than that? That would help me out tremendously as I get started here. All right. I want to share something with you. A number of years ago, I've shared this before, so some of you are going to go, I've heard this before, but there are things that we need to hear again, and this is one that is very critical. So some of you, does, let me just get a show of hands, we'll do it quick. Does anyone know who Max Licato is? You ever heard of Max Licato? He's written a few books. So Max over at Oak Hills, we used to be an Oak Hills satellite church, and when Max came to me a few years ago and said, I've got this crazy idea. I think that we're supposed to release our campuses, and we want to start with Fredericksburg because you guys are ready. And we were. I was like, when do we start, Coach? And, and uh, two years later, we did it, and that's been a little over a year. But something that happened before that and prior to it, which actually led to and precipitated this, was that we were sitting in a room with Max and several of what we called at that time campus ministers. So there were, there were six of us sitting around a table with Max, and Max said, the Lord spoke to me in my quiet time this morning. Now, when somebody like Max Lucado says, God spoke to me, I'm all ears. You know what I'm saying? I'm listening. And he said, the Lord showed me that there is coming a harvest unlike anything we have ever experienced. Now, I was a lot more vocal than you were just then. Because I'm telling you, I am living into this thing. I've been a Christian now over 35 years. I've been in ministry over 35 years, upwards of 40 years as a follower of Jesus. And I actually believe the Great Commission that says that our call is to go into all the world and to share the gospel, to make disciples of all nations. That's our... Um, that's our job description, so to speak, which means until that's done, we've got work to do. Amen? 
Now, this church here is not to go into all the world and win the whole world because we're one part of the body of Christ. And that's the beauty of being a member of the body of Christ is that there's arms, legs, fingers, toes, elbows. There's all kinds of parts of the body. And each part, as it does its work, everything works. The whole body functions. So that's how that works. So we're doing our part right here in Fredericksburg and Gillespie County and the surrounding area to do that very thing, and that is to make a difference for Jesus. That's to live out loud. That's to let our lives shine. So what he said to us, he said, I believe there's a harvest coming, and it's going to be a harvest of souls. In other words, people are going to come to Christ in unprecedented numbers. Now, here's the thing. I know enough about Bible prophecy that if that word is true, then that is also a shot over the bow for the end times and the last days. Because if you know your Bible and you know Bible prophecy at all, you'll know that the Bible says that before the end comes, there's going to be a harvest that is unprecedented in our history. In other words, more people will come to Christ before we get airlifted out of here. I'm voting for pre-trib rapture. How about you? I don't know if I get a say in it, but I'm like, Lord, I vote pre-trib. Let's go up out of here. Anybody with me on that? All right. I don't know if we're in it or close to it, but whatever we're in, I'm already not liking this gig. You know what I'm saying? Like, Lord, come quickly, Maranatha, come quickly, Jesus. So, so I'm voting pre-trib, but I don't know if that'll matter at all. But I'm like, Lord, if I have any say-so whatsoever, if you really love me, Lord, you know, you'll airlift us out of here before this thing goes south. So, but here's the deal. I don't want to miss what God is up to in this end-time harvest. And people coming to know Christ in unprecedented numbers. So what you may or may not know, and some of you made the turn with us a little over a year ago in the last two, three years, is one of the things that I talked a lot about was the Harvest Vision Mandate. And the whole idea behind that is taking what we believe is a word from God that God spoke through what I believe is a prophetic mouthpiece, which, is, which was Max, and speaking into us. And that is what drove our transition. Because what Max believed and felt was that the Lord was showing him that the campuses were actually limited by being attached to Oak Hills. The, like we would grow to about 325, 350, and then we'd go back down. Then we would grow, then we'd go back down. Grow, then we'd go back down. So when, when we were jettisoned, so to speak, launched, so I always picture like a pickup pulling a glider down the runway with a cable, and we would get up to this to where the cable would just, we, we needed to be cut loose. And it's interesting that when, when Max came last year and he preached those two services, we saw healings happen. We saw miracles happen. We saw about half the church at the altar. I mean, God just, he kicked this thing off in grand style. I'm saying God knows what he's doing. Amen. So when, when, when all that happened, uh, it was like we got jettisoned and, and like the cable was cut. And our glider, instead of crashing, our glider took off. It's like we caught wind. And we grew quickly from 350, 375 to 556 before, two weeks before COVID hit. I mean, our glider was flying and then COVID happened. So now we're sort of in this rebuild, reclaim. Everybody is. Many churches still not able to really gather. We're very blessed here in Fredericksburg. But here's the deal. 
the crazier the world gets out there, the more mindful I am of this harvest that Max talked about. And so what I want to do is get this up on your radar screen today. If you're not from here and you're just a guest, not just a guest, you're a special guest, but if you're a guest and you're going somewhere else, listen, this harvest is worldwide. This isn't just about Fredericksburg. This isn't just about San Antonio. This is about the globe and what God wants to do in the earth today. Who would join me in believing for, leaning toward, praying into an end-time harvest? Amen? So if I'm going up, I'm going to take a bunch of folk with me. You know what I'm saying? If, God's, if I'm out, then I, I'm going to do everything I can before my time is up. So that is why I called this little series that we're doing, Making Room making room. The idea is we're clearing clutter so that we can get focused on what's important. And if there was ever a time and an opportunity to be distracted, wouldn't it be now? Every time you turn on your computer, I don't care what you're on. You know, Yahoo News pops up. You know, uh, uh, Fox News pops up on your computer. All those, all those things vying for your attention. And then you jump on your social media and everything in your feed, whether it's Instagram, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's Facebook, whatever it is, you got stuff, all things vying for your attention right now. And listen, I sometimes, I'm like a fish who can't resist a big old worm sometimes. I mean, I click on it and all of a sudden I'm off to the races reading all about these, these stories and stuff. And it is a black hole. And there are times when I have to just push back from that table and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. First and foremost, I am not a citizen of this earth. First and foremost, I'm a citizen of a higher kingdom, of a kingdom that makes and trumps all the kingdoms of this world. And that is who I am. But let me tell you, I have to work to remind myself of it every day. And I have a feeling that if I have to work at it, probably you do too. So I'm here to trumpet this today. I'm here to herald this today. I'm here to remind you of who you are today. Because here's the thing. Over the last few weeks with this nutty election thing that's happened and everything that's going on with this, I don't care if you're blue or red. Frankly, right now, I could care less where you are. But here's the deal. Wherever you are, every one of us have reasons to be concerned about the kingdom of this earth. Can I say amen? Come on. We all have reasons to be concerned right now. Whether you're on blue or red, I don't care. Or whatever the middle one is. You know, the independence, you know, a little sliver there. But whatever you are, you have reasons to be concerned. Now, it's also an opportunity to be completely distracted from what God wants to do in your life and through your life to make a difference in this world. We're so tore up over everything right now. And I'm telling you, I was raging this week. I was so frustrated. I do not like injustice. And I'm telling you, Annette hates it worse than me. She got pulled over for rolling a stop sign one time, swears she didn't do it. And to this day, we will talk about it in the car because I just brought it up. She will defend it to her death. She is so mad about that. That was in Spring Hill, Tennessee. And she, to this day, I, sometimes I'll just toss it out there for fun and then listen to her talk for 30 minutes defending why she didn't roll that stop sign. It was a trap, wasn't it, honey? It was unjust. It was unjust. It was wrong. 
See, she's all fired up right now. I knew that would happen. But I don't know about you, but I've got one of those justice bones too. And whenever it gets hit, it's worse than the funny bone. You know, the one that's not funny that gets hit, it's way worse than that. And right now, if you're anything like me, man, my justice bone has been cracked. And I am frustrated. And I am having to work to realign my heart and to realign my thinking with God's bigger story because the one down here is not looking so good right now. And so that is what today is about. It's trying to bring us back to the place of realignment and remembering who we are. We're using the bookmark as a tool. Let me encourage you in this. If you do not have one of these, listen, I have six grandchildren. What that means is that nothing distracts me locally. So if you need to walk up here and get one of these, got one on each side of the stage, you will not bother me one bit. And I want you to have one of these. Everybody needs to have one. And we're going to use this today. We're using this as a tool. How many of you use sticky notes? How many of you have way too many of those things laying around and stuck all over your computer, your fridge? I mean, whatever. Your dash of your car, you got them everywhere, right? Well, this is a sticky note on steroids because it is full of God's word and full of scripture. In fact, it was, it was Uncle Bill Loveless who gave me permission to, to take his very well done bookmark and then morph it kind of into our DNA and language. And so thank you, Bill, for letting us do this. So I want to use this tool today. So I want to encourage you, if you have it, take it out. If you don't, feel free to come get one. Don't be shy. We're family here. Or you can go out in the hall. We have them out there as well. Or on the back table by the booth, feel free to get one there as well. So we've been talking about this idea of making room, finding stability in an unstable world. Now, I want to go back and I want to start, if you have your bookmark, The Truth Sets Us Free, go to that side. I want to show you a couple of things. We started with truth number one, and it is simply this. God desires an intimate relationship with you. Now, here's the thing. We already know he knows us, right? He knows even the hairs on our head or Chuck, the ones not on our head. You know what I'm saying, bro? You got a lot on your face, though, so that's good. You're making way up for it. So you could do almost a comb over with that thing, right, bro? So Chuck, I love you. You know that. So, so the, he knows everything about us. But here's the thing. He wants us to know him. He wants us to get to know him, his ways, his will. Did you know that God has a personality? Hello? Do you know God gets happy? Do you know God gets mad? Yeah. And we all know about the wrath of God. But you know he also gets happy? Do you know he also sings? He likes to sing. The scripture says he sings over us. Do you know he laughs? It says he even laughs at the nations. God laughs. God sings. God, God feels. God feels. Oh, that's a different thought, isn't it, for some of you? Listen, he wants us to get to know him like he already knows us. He desires an intimate relationship. But you've got to take that first step. If you're not a follower of Jesus, if you've not gone to that point, here's the simple invitation. He says this in James chapter 4, verse 8. He says, draw near to God. This is James speaking about God. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. So he's simply saying, take a step. Draw near. That's what it means. Come close. And he says, if you will just take a step, he will meet you. Just like the prodigal son story where the father saw his son coming from far off, he jumps off the porch and runs to his son. He was just waiting for his son 
to make a move. So I want to invite you to do something. If you're not ever have accepted Christ, made him the Savior of your life, and given your heart to him, and made him Lord of your life, and you want to step over the line today, you have an opportunity to do so. In fact, we have the baptistry ready. We've got three that are going to be baptized today, unless you're here today, and you will also want to be baptized. We have towels for you. We have t-shirts for you. So if you want to be baptized, we will facilitate for that, that for you today. But here's the deal. We need you to take a step towards him first. And so the invitation goes out. And it is simply this. The step looks like this. And I did this when I was 19 years of age. And it was simply this. I said, Lord, I know I've messed up. In fact, according to the Bible, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I repent of my sins. I didn't even know what repent meant. I just, all I knew about repent was the guys on standing on a corner in California with, you know, repent, the end is near. I did not know what repent meant. But the guy led me in prayer. I just did it because I wanted him, and all God needed was for me to make a move. So I'm going to invite you today to make a move toward him. That is what it means to have an intimate relationship. You make a move, and then he moves towards you. And then you start this journey together. Listen, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to have it all figured out. In fact, you don't have to know anything other than this. You need him. And you need help. And I got good news. The helper is here for you. Now, that was truth number one. Truth number two was this. It's on your bookmark. Jesus himself is the Christian life. So the Christian life is not a list of do's and don'ts. By the way, the Bible is not a rule book. The Bible is a do book. There's so much more do's and don'ts in the Bible. We're all caught up in the don'ts when, in fact, it's the do's that are amazing. Do have joy. Do have life. Do be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do make a difference in this world. Do be a world changer. Do be a culture shaper. Do love people. Do. I mean, it's, the do's are all over the Bible, but some people fixate on the don'ts. How sad for them and for anybody in their orbit. Amen? You ever been around the don't folk? I don't do well with don't folk. I'm just saying. I'm not wired that way. I'm a do kind of guy. So I love what the Bible says. The Christian life is about the do's. And it's actually not just a, bu a bunch of platitudes of, okay, do, 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 don't, don't, don't. It's actually Jesus himself is the Christian life. Uh, John. John put it this way. I love it. John 14, 6. Jesus said to Thomas. Remember he got a bum rap for doubting once? So... <laughs> He got one moment in time, and he's captured forever. Listen to this. I am the way and the truth and the life. Someone say the life. Jesus. See, Jesus isn't a life. <laughs> he's the life. He's it. So he's our life. I love that. And he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. That goes back to the invitation to get to God, to get connected to God, and have your life right-sized. You go right through Jesus Christ. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Truth number three, Jesus is our source for this life. Have you ever called in and you've had a technical problem with your computer, so you call the helpline or customer service? What's the first thing they ask you? Is it plugged in? Do you know they dispense of 80% of their service calls with that one singular question? Is it plugged in? Because if there is no power source, it's not going to work. But here's the thing. As a follower of Jesus, if I'm not connected to the power source, I'm not going to work. 
this life will not work for me. And we go back to that golden question, how's it going for you? How's that working for you? Well, it's not if you're not plugged into the source. Jesus, in John 15, said he's the vine. We're the branches, and if we remain in him, he says this, we'll bear much fruit. For apart from me, this is Jesus saying, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. You know what that means? Nothing of kingdom value or eternal value. And so we need him. We've got to stay plugged in. Now, truth number four today. Jesus wants to live his life in We all get that. Yeah, Christ in me. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I accepted him into my life. I received him into my heart. We use that in our verbiage. But here's the part we miss in that. I've said it a hundred times here, and I'll say it a thousand more, by the way. I'll never stop with the battering ram on this statement right here. Not only does Jesus want to live his life in you, he wants to live his life through you. If we can get this truth, it will make so many more things make sense to you. So many more things in the scripture. That if Jesus is living in us, but also living through us, that means the Sermon on the Mount isn't impossible anymore. Because it's Christ himself fulfilling his own word in us and through us. Takes a lot of pressure off of me. When the ball dropped for this on me, it was as though a truckload of weights went off of my back. And it was like, wait a minute. So I don't have to do all this? It's not a have to. Now it's a get to because Christ in me is doing it in me and through me. So now I show up. Listen to this. I show up and guess who else shows up? Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, shows up when I go to Walmart. Has anybody else ever seen Jesus in Walmart? I know you cried out for him, but have you seen him? Let me tell you, if I see you, I'm seeing him. If I see one of our family members, I'm like, there it is. There he is. Jesus Christ, Christ right there. Listen to this. I have to say this because this is so critical. And I may, this may be the most important thing I say, I don't know. But here it is. This time in history right now, where we live in this world right now, this present moment, this is no time to be a nominal Christian. Let me just put on my prophet. Let me swing the blade of the prophet real quick. If you've been playing around with Christianity, playing around with faith, playing around with... You know, well, maybe I, yeah, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I'm not talking about church attendance. Listen, don't get focused on the church. Get focused on Jesus. The bride comes with Jesus. Get focused on Jesus. You get focused on the church, you'll be out of here in six months because we will offend you, I promise. I just give, I'll give you a promise right there. We will hurt your feelings one way or another. Not that we're trying, but we're all human in this room. Amen? It's just going to happen. Do you know why God plugs you into a church? To sharpen you. Do you know how you get sharpened? By being ground. That's just the way it is. God puts us in a family to sharpen us, to hone our edges so that we too become sharp. But it doesn't happen with a lot of friction and sparks. Can I get an amen? Now that's not permission to be a jerk if you're already there, okay? So don't say, oh, well, Pastor Jimmy said we could be mean to each other because I'm helping out. No, 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 that's not the, not the point here. The point here is this. 
is if we will get the groom, the bride comes along. But if we just go for the bride and miss the groom, we're in trouble. And I'm like the most, I'm a church dude. I'm a pastor, senior pastor of a church. But I'm about to sound like I'm not one or like I'm anti-church. I'm not anti-church. I'm just anti-church only. Because we've got to have Jesus. If we are not leaning into him, this is no time to be nominal about Jesus. Because the world is losing its ever-loving mind right now, in case you haven't noticed. And if there's ever a time to be serious about your faith and serious about the one who loves you, the one who died for you, the one who shed his blood for you, it is right now at this time in history. That's the blade of the prophet. We have got to come back to Christ. Come back to Jesus. And let me tell you, if you will get it right with Jesus, the church will make a lot more sense. But if you don't, the church will never make sense to you. And what will happen is you'll get hurt here. You'll get offended. You'll go down the street to the next church, and you'll, gra you'll drag the Samsonite that you picked up here, and you will take it with you, and you'll bring your baggage into the next church, and you'll raise the bar of expectation on that poor church that will never be met, and then they're going to offend you. Then you're going to go to the next one, and by the time you get to the third or fourth church that you've hopped, you will have a bar so high, no one will ever be able to reach it. And that was never the point. The point was for you to get Jesus, because when you get Jesus, all the rest makes sense. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to offend you and run you off right away. I'm just saying, listen, it will happen if you don't have Jesus first. Amen? Does that make sense? Amen. Yeah. Thank you, two people. Hallelujah. Thank you. Listen, this is not a time to be nominal. Let me share something. Don't forget who you are in the midst of turmoil, strife, injustice, corruption, because here's the deal. We said it on the screen. We sang it. You are a son. You are a daughter of the Most High God. That is who you are. You're a chosen generation. You're royalty. You're a king's kid. Come on, somebody. You're a king's kid. You're a child of the king. When the king walks into the room, you don't stand at attention. You go wrap your arms around his leg because he's your Abba. He's your daddy. He's your father. That is who you are. Don't forget that in the midst of craziness that's happening right now. Last week, this was a fact, factoid. Last week, I felt like I was doing a funeral last week in here. Listen. Our nation right now is just reeling from what just happened, right? Let's just be real. Can we talk about the elephant in the room? I guess it is an elephant, right? It's an elephant that's in the room. Let's just talk about it because here's the deal. A lot of you are reeling from this sense of injustice right now, a feeling that how can we ever trust anything now? Let me tell you something. The enemy is so smart. If he can tear out the underpinnings of trust, not only will it impact the way you feel about your government, it'll impact the way you feel about all authority. And that is exactly what the enemy is after. If he can undermine you and create in you a resistance to honor, let me tell you what God is attracted to. He's attracted to two H's. The first one is humility. The second, he's attracted to honor. And when we take time to honor one another, prefer one another, encourage, build, and, and lift up one another, 
and honor those who are honorable among us. Listen, he is attracted to that. And the enemy knows that he can rip out the underpinnings of trust and destroy our ability to trust even one another. Because you wear a blue shirt and I wear a red. And then all of a sudden, we're enemies. And we may not even know each other. Gosh. I don't know if this is alarming to you right now, but it is really alarming to me. This is why I'm voting to be pre-trib right now. Lord, take me out of here. Just go. <laughs> come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Because it is frightening right now. But here's the thing. You have to understand. Grab hold of this. You are a citizen of another kingdom. First, you are a citizen of the king's, the king's kingdom. Jesus' kingdom. Jesus is king. He's lion and lamb. He is the alpha, the omega. He's the king. And that is who we are to be subject to. And understanding that the, the earth's kingdoms... They're going to come and go, family. They're going to come and go. We do our part. We participate. We say what we need to say. But then it's like bump and run. Get out of there. Because there is so much more going on right now than what's going on with an election or what's going on in Wuhan, China, or whatever. There is more going on in this world. And we've got to tune into that, family. Does this make sense? We've got to tune in. And here's why. We've got to remember who we are. That while we are citizens on this earth, we traffic on this earth for some 60, 70, 80, 90 years. But then we're out of here, family. That's short in terms of history. That's a short time. And we need to remember the real kingdom that we need to be focused on in the middle of all of this. And I, like you, am having to remind myself daily and sometimes moment by moment to stay focused and don't get distracted by what's happening. Amen? I want to bring our worship team up here. As we do, I want to share a scripture with you. This is going to be out of Galatians 2.20. Uh, I've unpacked this before, so I won't spend a lot of time. But for those of you who haven't been around here, I want you to see this. Galatians 2.20. Paul had written a letter to the, the believers in a place called Galatia. And that is one of many churches that were planted on his missionary journeys. You can read those through the book of Acts. And they were circular letters. So he would send that letter to a church... They would deliver that. They would read it. There were things within that letter that addressed specific issues. But then there were general things for all the churches. And they would pass those letters to the other churches. The book of uh, Ephesians, we call it the book. It's a letter to the believers at Ephesus. Thessalonians, same thing. Corinthians, ooh, man, I would not have wanted to got... If I was at Galatia, I wouldn't want to get the letter from the Corinthians. I'm just saying, we can keep that one moving. So there was a lot of stuff going on. So understand, this was a circular letter that came. And in the midst of it, Paul is being clear about his own identity. And he's teaching on this. Listen to what he says, Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Let me give you a picture real quick. Romans chapter 6. We're going to see this in just a moment. And it's called baptism. And it says this, and I like to say it this way because I use the Romans 6 passage. We are buried with Christ in baptism. Remember this, Jerry, not too long ago? Buried with Christ in baptism. We go under the water. Why? Because it's burial. We're buried. Buried with Christ in baptism. And then what? We're raised to walk in newness of life. Raised to walk in new life. It's the picture of dying 
and then being alive in his resurrection. I love the fact that I don't live toward the cross. I live away and out of the resurrection, the empty tomb. See, if I live toward the cross, I'd walk around like this all the time. But I don't. I walk around wide open because the tomb was his escape. His tomb was the victory. Where he won the war was the tomb. And we get to live out of that reality. We are a new creation reality because of this. Now, let me give you one quick lesson. Then we're going to shift gears. And we've got some baptisms to celebrate. I've been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. But Christ lives. Let me talk about this little word, I in. It's primary preposition, participle. It literally means this. It's epsilon pneuma in the Greek. Two Greek words out of Koine Greek, which is the original ancient Greek language that, the, that the, most of the New Testament was written in. And it literally means this. It means, uh, notice what it says, Christ in me. But it's also the same word, exact same word for the word through. So now let's read it like it could be read that way as well. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives through me. You need to understand something. Christ not only lives in you, he lives through you. Did you know that when you show up anywhere, Christ is already there because you brought him with you? He's already there touching, making a difference. It's as though when you get around somebody who gets this, somebody who's living out of this truth, when, when before they even get to you, you know something's up. In fact, Steve was telling me a story. Where are you at, Steve? He was telling me a story that a guy stopped him the other day and said, are, you must be a Christian. Well, how do you know it? I mean, how, you know, he's a nice-looking guy, but, I mean, you know, he knew it because Christ in him was leaking out of him. He sensed it. Turns out the guy was a Muslim, and they had an hour-long conversation about faith. See, when you show up Christ in you, is not just in you. He's Christ through you. And he's living his life through you. Man, this makes the Christian life so much fun. When you get it and you show up, you walk into a room. Man, it's high pressure. There's tension in the room. Everybody's losing their mind. You can walk in cool as a cucumber because Christ is not only in you. He's living his life through you. He's already impacting the atmosphere of that room when you walk in. But here's the deal. You've got to be mindful of this. You have to expect this. Not just, oh, that was a nice truth. That was cool. Okay, Christ in and through. Wow, that's cool. No, no, no. you got to understand. He is literally living through you and touching those around you. God, give us revelation. Open our eyes that we may see and our ears that we may hear and our hearts that we may know the truth that makes us free. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for truth that transforms, truth that changes us. And if you're being baptized today, I want to invite you to come and get ready. Let's go ahead and get ready. We're going to celebrate this. We have three beautiful, awesome people getting baptized today. Every head bow, every eye closes, as they get ready. If you're here today and you too want to be baptized and you know you've given your heart to Christ, you've stepped over the line, you've gone all in with him, but you've not followed him in believer's baptism, why not now? Why not here? Why not you? Why wait? Why wait another day? Why wait another week? Why wait another hour? Why not now? Why not right here? The water's warm. 
And we have towels. Your seats will dry. And we have towels and t-shirts. So if you're here this morning and you want to be baptized, I want you to get up from your seat and just want you to walk right over here with these folks. We'll get you fixed up. Anybody here? Anybody here wants to do it? Take care of business. Let's get this done. All right, the invitation's open. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. What a privilege it is that we get to celebrate baptism, Lord. And we celebrate Levi Banks. We celebrate Andrea Maserano and, and Maddox Brown. We hold them up and celebrate new life today. And for anyone else, Lord, who needs to step forward, we celebrate life and new life for them. If you're here this morning, you've never given your heart to Christ. It's not that complicated. Peter did it pretty simply. He just said, Jesus, help me. And maybe you're in a place right now that you just need help. Why don't you just say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I need you. I need help. I need you. Come into my life. Come into my heart and change me from the inside out. I give you everything. Father, we love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. Now, we're going to have it up on the screen, but if you need to get in a better position to see, you can do that.
time of desperation When all we know is doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe And this road new life <laughs> amen and on top of that he's coming back again god bless you all let's go be the hope of glory in jesus name amen